0: Broadcasting from the Socialist Republic of New York.
1: New York. There's plenty of money in this country. It's just in the wrong hands.
0: The Moss Show. Politics, current events, and just a bit of Judaism. Two guys that are always right, except when their wives tell them they're wrong. You're listening to The Moss Show. This is The Moss
2: Show with Tusky Moskowitz and myself, Nachman Ostavsky. On tonight's show, hey, I'm doing good. So tonight, uh, we have a bunch of things to talk about. A lot's been happening. We're going to have uh, 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 some guests on tonight. Uh, some should be very, very good. I'm sure all of them actually will be very, very good. Um, we're going to start tonight talking about uh, some very disturbing news that's been coming out of the anti-Israel camp. Um, there's a new group of uh, agitators, uh, that are, that, that have now, well it's an old group that now has their own 501C4. For all of you that don't know, 501C4 is similar to a 501C3, but it's mainly used for political contributions. And this 501C4 is attached to an organization called If Not Now. If Not Now is an organization which basically, I mean, if i not, not mistaken Chesky, it's basically Bernie Brothers. It's the uh, far left of J Street. Even correct?
0: Very much so. They they are very much uh, proponents of of I would say a one-state solution. Although they won't admit it in public, they are they'd rather there'd be there'd be a one-state solution, a, a state of all its citizens, mainly controlled by probably the Palestinians with a Jewish um, minority. If you speak to some of them, they believe that the Jewish presence in Judea and Samaria and in Israel in general is a truly a terrible thing in fact um, if I remember correctly they mentioned uh, Nakba, which is the Arab word for catastrophe and as you know pretty much align with the same groups as Peace Now and others. Well, they're
2: dead. Peace now is gone. Shalom Akshav hasn't been around in a long time, but Shalom Akshav was an Israeli organization. These guys these guys have been infiltrating Hillel. Um, they, they, these are the people that are responsible for what's going on during the trips that a lot of our teenagers and young adults take um, using the, um, the what's-it-called trips? The, the, bri- uh, the
0: birthright platform. Birthright. They do these um, yeah, what they, they call walk-offs.
2: Walk-out, walk-out, right, walk outs. Um, it, it's funny because like it seems that each each section of these progre- these these, these left wingers have their own little niche market. It seems that AOC now has her own little niche uh, little group called Never Again Action because she keeps on using these um, these terminologies from the Holocaust. I mean, just today again, she she's doubling down on her stupidity. Uh, we spoke about it last week how she uses the um, concentration camp. For her own political gain, and just just again today, I don't know if you're aware. Uh, I'm sorry, it may have been uh, may, yeah, yesterday. Pro concentration camp and pro Trump protesters tried to dryna- drown out our accounts. She's talking about her trip, her little stunt that she did yesterday on the border. Um, you know, she hasn't gone to California to see what uh, ca- you know Los Angeles looks like under under the control of people that agree with her which actually looks like a fourth world country now. Um, but she went down there. I don't know, pictures I saw were pretty clean. Um, she was confused about the, the, the water fountain behind the toilet, which is interesting considering that, from what I understand, that's literally how every single prison in America looks. And guess what? When you're in one of these camps, you're in prison because you came here illegally. She um, she also used... Crazy, really. I know, and, and, and today she went on saying how all these people, I'm assuming she means Jews and probably Italians as well, that went through Ellis Island and snuck on boats. She talks about how that's interesting to her, except that she didn't realize that in order to actually get past Ellis Island and into the country, you needed to have a relative to vouch for you. You needed to have a job set up. There was no welfare back then, so if you didn't make it, you got back on a boat and went back to where you came from.
0: Many and Jews actually during the Holocaust, many Jews were actually refused entry. People don't know about many this. Many boats,
2: boats, and boats, and boats of them.
0: Jews were refused entry because they came here. I think that one of the oh. famous stories is I, one of the famous the exodus, ones the exodus, was uh, the, yeah the boat when they came here all the way from Germany and FDR didn't actually come
2: Yeah, FDR said the boat was docked a few miles out of the country. And FDR made the boat go back to Germany.
0: So it was Democrats who were actually sending Jews back to the death to the death camps Correct. in in, Correct. in Europe. Correct. The great FDR. And yep. uh, it's actually pretty funny. I think that uh, Ben Hess talks about this in his um, autobiography, Child of a Century, where he actually says that it was the liberal progressive Jewish community headed by Rabbi Avi Weiss, who was at the time the, <laughs> the who was actually at the time the leader of the reform movement who actually really pushed that FDR and um, the US government should bar those people from coming in because they felt like these old-time Jews from Eastern Europe would miss would be a like a damper on the quote-unquote persona of American Jew- Jewry at the time which was so to speak enlightened and trying to fit in with, with the WASP. Type of community.
2: Yeah, it was the same stuff that was going on basically in Germany, um, and and AO and and so we're going to talk about a little bit about that. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna possibly talk if we have time about the peace plan. We may, we need to do more of that next week because we, people are still it's still a lot to read. We spoke about it last week. Um, that this peace plan, I think, different pieces of it are going to be coming out. Um, you know, it's a, it's a lot to read. Uh, we're also you know going to talk a little bit about the uh, RNC at the bottom of the hour and what they're, how they're going to be, um, what the strategy is going to be for the Jewish vote. Um, so let's, let's, let's talk about this, if not now. We're going to be having, uh, calling in uh, a person who knows a lot about this. His name is Natan Nestel. He's been investigating organizations like this, these very, you know, I don't want to say far left, because the truth is now that it's just the left. These, these left I mean, you look at the, at the stage for the Democrats, and, and it, it, it's, it's one BDS supporter after another up there. Um, it's, it's, really, it's really sad. And:
0: This it, is the persona of the young Jewish liberal community. Um, people don't realize that, if not now, has, and organizations like them, which are Torah Trump's hate, he Uri Lutzadek, Ben the Ark, these are organizations that are able to attract young liberal Jews because at the end of the day they represent values that these children align with. And it's a very big problem. And the Jewish community at large in the United States um really dropped the ball on this.
2: Yeah, it's 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 um it's uh an issue it it really is and and the fact of the matter is these organizations they're all one organization so what happens is is that they basically the the, the same for three two thousand people three thousand people they're all members of like seven to ten organizations and what happens is is it makes it makes their call whenever something happens look like oh there's this huge groundswell of support for whatever it is when it's really the same people multiple multiple times so in other words if 10 organizations say oh well we represent three four thousand people so we're ten organizations with thirty thousand it's really not true they're all representing the same basic two to three thousand college um um community activist organizer agitator etc now the, the the one that has the the most the most support um they get a lot of money from from what it seems from 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 very far left donors is this if not now, and if not now now has set up a 501 C4, which is actually quite funny because you know these leftists, they, they, they like to make believe like they, um, they, they are, you know, these little organizations that don't really know much, which is nonsense. They have huge, huge support. Um Bernie Bernie Sanders is a big supporter of this if not now and they went and they really really messed up. They went and it seems that they yeah, when they sent out this link for their 501c4, the link that they sent was for their regular 501c3. So they started raising money for political purposes using their 501c3. They then sent out and this is how they get people because they're so good. They're so good at messaging. You know, they write in their email here you know, we had, a, we had, you know, like, like, like it, this is new to them. In order to do the political work, we had to register as an entirely new 501c4 organization. And we had a mix-up in our back end with regards to the donate link. Now that we have a new organization, and we are even more dependent on the donations of people who are standing. So they made a mistake. So some, for some reason, they're more dependent now. It is absolutely amazing that, that you know, and they're right here. We made a mistake. Organizing a movement is hard, and organizing a movement trying to influence our politicians in bold requires us to abide by a different set of tax laws when it comes to donations. Now understand that these tax laws were created because of the the, the trashing of the freedom of speech that these same leftists want. These were ways that that people had to create, that that, that had to be created if you want to say loopholes almost. These five of them, because we had the super PACs and we had you know, when, 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 when McCain-Feingold and all this other stuff, so the 501c4 is what's used today to do some of this political activity, and they're complaining about it. Amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, so um, Natan, thank you so much for calling. We greatly appreciate you calling in. How's everything?
3: Everything is good, except the situation. <laughs> yeah, so Natan,
0: tell, yeah, so Nathan, tell us, yeah, what, give us a little yeah. bit of a background on If Not Now. Like, how did they start? Like, where did they come from?
3: Well, If Not Now, by the way, is just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, they are part of a whole network of groups which are targeting, and you know, and subverting the young generation. Mm-hmm. And uh, If Not Now was founded by uh, Simon Zimmerman. Uh, Simon Zimmerman, uh, she, she was a, a very pro-Israel activist. She was a leader at APAC and she came from a very poor israel family. She had a very, she had, she had a full Jewish education from kindergarten Till, uh university. Her, her, her grandmother, uh, Harriet Zimmerman, <laughs> was a top leader at AIPAC, and uh, she sponsored uh, two Israeli students at MIT. One was Uzi Landau, and the other one was Bibi Netanyahu. I mean, this is the kind of family that Simon came Wait, from.
0: so you're telling me, Natan, that she came from a... The woman who runs the Simon Zimmerman, who runs right now, if not now, she actually came from a pro-Israel family?
3: Very poor israeli family. And How did such a thing family. happened? And she was very poor israeli when, when I met her, when she came to campus. And that's what's happening to many kids. She, went, she came to university, she went to Hillel, and many Hillels, and it's coming from the top of international Hillel, have become incubators for J-Street. So, at, at, and I wrote an article, I don't know if you saw it, first, in, in the Jerusalem Post, about how Simon Zimmerman was turned in, from a pro-Israel activist into an anti-Israel leader.
0: Yeah, so I saw the article. So could you tell our audience, Biktara, quickly, what exactly yeah. <laughs> transpired over there? How do these Hillels radicalize these kids?
2: And, 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 curious, and, and also, you can just quickly touch... Is it Hillel? Is the organization responsible for this, or are, are these these chapter leaders in each of the college campuses that are doing this?
3: It's coming. It's, it's 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 coming from the top from Hillel International from from Washington. And by the way, it's it's not all the Hillels. It's spreading. I mean, J Street has, has they've been working with J Street. I mean, they denied, but that's that's what's happening. Do you J think Street, like if
0: not now is related to J Street though?
3: J Street is an arm of, if not now, is an arm of J Street. Uh, Simone Zimmerman was turned around. She became a leader of uh, the, the leader of JCCU, which is a university arm of J Street. And after she graduated, she she was sent to she was. She, she, she found that, if not now, she found that, if not now, in the 2014, during the war in, Israel war in Gaza. And... So uh, wait,
0: so Natan, one second. So when you're saying yeah. that J Street is actually unaffiliated, but behind closed doors is affiliated, that's a very big accusation. Where Do, do you have evidence for that?
3: Well, Shimon is is a J Street leader. She was a and after she graduated, uh, you know, after she finished be, you know, being uh, the, the president of J Street U, which is the university arm of, of J Street, she's been she's been working with J Street. And, uh, oh, so, so Street, she works right
0: now? Like, if not now, now works with J Street?
3: No, but they're, they're smart. They're not doing it this way. Everything they're doing is under the radar. Right. But they do this. This is how to, they do
2: everything. Right.
3: And uh, so, J Street, Street, Street
2: came out of the J Street came out of the 2008 uh, Obama the Jewish um, uh, election campaign.
3: That's how this all started. J Street, Street was founded in 2008 when Obama came into power. Right. And as a matter of fact, Obama people were at the meeting. Right. It and, was it was his Jew, it was
2: his Jewish campaign staff.
3: Well,
0: wait, but Nata, no, let me ask you a question.
3: Even more, yeah. What
0: is uh, what is the agenda yeah. of if not now? What are they trying to accomplish?
3: Well, it's like I said, it's not just if not now. It's a network of groups, and what what they've been doing is that they've been focusing on the young of the young generation of American Jewry. They they, they, they they, are very strategic. By the way, it's not like you say, it's not just J Street, it's Ben the arc and Torah and uh, so the Trump's user Fund. So Trump's Hate, History.
0: So, all of these organizations, are they being coordinated, do you think, by one organization on the top? And do you think that there is money involved? Where does it come from, all this money?
3: Well,. <laughs> By the way, when you, when you connect the dots of all those organizations, it turned out that all of them, at one time, they were supported by George Soros. But right now, they're, they're, all, they're getting money from, uh, <laughs> from the community and may, many even pro Jews don't realize that they are supporting them. For example, if you, if you focus on J Street and Simone, like I said, J Street has been reaching the young generation uh, through Hillel. And uh, Hillel became the incubator of, of J Street. And if you look at the donors of, of uh, Hillel, most of them are very poor Israel. They don't realize, not only poor Israel, many of them are pro Israel conservatives who support Trump. Take, for example, uh, Bernie Marcus, who is a big Trump supporter. Hey, Bernie Marcus
0: supports Hillel's? He, he,
3: Bernie Marcus gave $38 million to. So
2: How do we? Why is no one telling him this? Why is he? Why is he not stopping? Why do conservatives because constantly give organizations like this money? You never see a far left progressive giving organizations that are even slightly Republican, even if they're progressive Republican. You, you you never see you never see it in the opposite direction. Conservatives once they give money to organizations, they do it all the time. Progressives you will never see. George Soros used to give money to. I don't want to say conservative causes, but definitely pro-business causes going up until the, about the mid-90s.
3: But he stopped. Joe Soros is very strategic. I mean, you ask, you ask a good question. Why the conservative donors like uh, Bernie? It's not just Bernie Marcus. I mean, Joe Soros is much more strategic. The Poison donors, by and large, they, they, are, they are not very strategic, and they don't realize many times that they are being duped. I I was like, several years ago, I I went to Columbia Hillel. It was Yom Maud, the board breaking the silence, Columbia Hillel and J Street. So it was, (laughs) the event was taking place at the the Reinhardt, Ira Reinhardt Hall. Ira Reinhardt is also a big billionaire, very conservative in New York. And the building is called the craft building, you know, after Bob Kraft who is also very pro Israel and also big conservative. So what's really happening is that all the source agenda and strategy is being funded by, by pro Israel donors who don't realize what they're funding.
0: And you're saying that there's also people from not only George Soros and pro Israel donors, but even people from the community themselves. So let me ask you, um when it you comes at, to the birthright it, 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 walk, the birthright walkoffs, that is a. Do you think that's like an organic, organic movement within the young Jewish community, or do you feel like that is orchestrated with a pure agenda by If Not Now? Like, how is that working? Is if If Not Now it seems to paint itself as an organic communal organization. Do you think it's more nefarious than that?
2: And I'm just curious, how, how many of their they claim to have like thousands of members. I'm curious. In truth, how many of their how many of their members are probably not even Jewish? Because I see the pictures that they put up. There is no way, no way in the world, that the people that are in those pictures are all
3: Jews. There's no way. Well, you, you might be right because what's happening? They're focusing on the Jews and the Jews and. And they're doing they're doing it in a very manipulative way. I mean, they say everything is out of love for Israel, uh, in, you know, in the name of Jewish values, and they, they really manipulate. I mean, Simone by, by herself, she, she was manipulated. It's a cult-style brainwashing, and that and they are doing it very sophisticatedly now to, to young Jews, not only in universities, like uh, if not now, is focusing also on young Jews at uh, Jewish day schools and. Uh, on summer Jewish summer camps, uh, Jewish youth movement, they are very strategic and very smart in the way they are doing it. And are, if you look at their training material, it's super sophisticated. They are so much better than the Poyzel community and the Poyzel organization, and they are winning right now. I mean, they are really what they're okay, doing. Okay, so is, Nathan, <laughs> we have one
0: more last question for you because we're running out of time, and we want to have you on again to talk about this more. But like in, yeah, in, exactly in, in short. It's really amazing how much information you've put together we have a, one question what what c- do you feel like there is room for a jewish a Jewish counter, if not now organization like do you think that there needs to be an organization that will be able to counter if not now in the messaging and in that kind of uh, in the same type of style of operations and in civil disobedience and stuff like that? Do you think that it needs to go that far to counter it like like this, like no, you no, basically no. <laughs> fire with fire?
3: This is not, no, this is not going to, this is not the way to do it. I mean, what, look at it like it's a cancer within us. When you have a cancer within you, you have to root it out. So what you, and the the, the young kids and, and the donors and the parents don't understand what's happening. I mean, what, and I'm working on it. I mean, that's, the plan is really to expose because they succeed because of two reasons. They succeed because people don't understand what's happening, that, Parents don't understand that the children and grandchildren are being brainwashed and, and uh, radicalized. You know, we have to expose it effectively and expose those organizations for what they are all about. I mean, it's, and once you expose it and, and make the community and the donors understand what's really happening, I mean, that's the way to stop it. Otherwise, you know, you have a, you have a cancer within you, and you let it, you know, and you, you, you. Can, you in order to fight cancer, you have to root it out, and you have to right. understand what what what's really happening. Because right now, people don't really understand what's happening. And so what you're telling,
2: right? So Natanz, what you're yeah. telling our audience is that the, 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 the real way to, to to fix this is not necessarily with with counteracting on the campuses with these students or 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 the young adults in organizations like um, if not now Ben the Arc, Hisori etc. It's really to go above them. It's, it's their parents that to make sure that they're not getting radicalized on the college campus and then going to people like, um, you know, to, to the donors and saying, cut it out. In other words, the donors, if the donor money dries up, but the truth of the matter is the donor money dries up, how hard is it for, for a person like George Soros? No, no, no. What, what,
3: what, what, what I'm saying is we have to clean house Hillel. Hillel is important. You know, on, on campus, you have two two main organizations, Chabad and Hillel. Chabad is not political. Hillel, you know, becomes the incubator for Street. You have to clean house, Hillel. And, <laughs> Fine, out. so the final question.
0: Yours. So can, is its is it anti-Semitic to say that George Soros is uh, a bad guy?
3: No, I mean, I, Sharansky has a very good definition for modern anti-Semitism. I mean, it's like, you remember the 3D, you know, people who demonize, delegitimize, and the... Uh, and, and I think the fame and investment, I,
0: yeah. So like a guy like no. Louie Gohmert, when he says that, that, that George Soros is a really bad guy, he's, you, could we both agree he's not being anti-Semitic? Or if the Republican Party says that George Soros is putting a lot of money into trying to undermine the Trump agenda, is that fair to say that that's not anti-Semitic?
3: Well, anti-Semitic is, 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 has nothing to do with Trump. I mean, you judge people but by their action, not, not if, they are, if the parents were Jewish or not. If you judge, you know, J Street, and if not now, and Soros by their, by their actions, I mean, they are definitely anti-Semitic. But the definition is not really what counts. What counts is really, <laughs> we need to, to fight and expose and stop it. I mean, you have cancer, you have to work it out. I mean... Okay, well, we're going
0: God willing, to, God willing, we'll have you on again in the future to discuss that more. Nathan, thank you so much for coming on our show tonight. We hope thank to you have very you much again that on the time. show. All
2: righty.
3: You're very welcome. Have You're a, well, welcome. Have good, a good night. Good luck. All righty. Thank you. you. You too. Bye. All right. So hey, that was I'm very you, interesting.
2: Is... That was a really, really interesting, you know, we learned a lot there. We, we learned that, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, people talk about how George Soros, which, you know, he's a bad dude. But the fact of the matter is, is that these organizations are not necessarily getting all their money from, from, from you know, the darker corners of the progressive money, which is George Soros and his…
0: So like it's his truly ironic, Nachman.
2: It's conservatives. There are conservatives. Bernie Marcus, did you
0: just say that he's going to be giving a large portion of his fortune to help reelect Donald Trump? I yeah, know, and,
2: and the same guy is basically paying. He doesn't even know it or he doesn't understand it or or, or Hillal's telling him it's not true it's not true but the fact of the matter is it is true Hillel has been completely taken over by far far left um, agenda driven progressive this is all Saul Alinsky tactics they take over existing organizations and they, and they gut them
0: they, Unbelievable. they absolutely gut
2: them all right, so now, so now we are very, very happy with our next guest. Our next guest uh, is is known by many. Uh, his name is Tommy Hicks Jr. He is the co-chair of the Republican National Committee. He is a great friend of the State of Israel and the Jewish people in America and around the world.
0: Didn't he just get uh, honored by the Young Israel?
2: He just got honored, yes.
0: By <laughs> what the am I Capitol. saying? I was the dinner chairman. You were the
2: dinner chairman, <laughs> and I was the. Uh, Director of Community Relations. I'm now the Executive Director of Chove um, But yes, we did honor him at our dinner. It was a great, great, great dinner. Uh, Mr. Hicks, how's everything?
1: Things are great. And how are you, my friend?
2: Doing amazing. Doing really, really good. Tommy, getting are.
1: ready for all the fireworks? Yes. Hopefully no L- rain. L-
2: literally and figuratively. Um, uh, um, thanks, thanks for coming on the show. We greatly, greatly appreciate
1: it. Happy to be I on. I am going to Thanks ask you, Tommy,
0: to a quick question. Are you planning on being – what are you planning on doing for the 4th of July?
1: Uh, we are going to the National Mall to uh, salute to America. Uh, oh, wow. To, to I heard it's going we're, we're to be there. To go We're here. hoping to be there, too. We're hoping. That'd be great. Gotta, so, yeah. Tommy,
0: tell me. tell us a little bit about yourself and, like, why you got involved in politics in the first place.
1: Well, so I'm, I'm an investor from Dallas, Texas, and um, in 2016, our country faced a turning point, um, and I, I think it was the most important election probably in the history of our country, and um, I dropped everything to, to help uh, the president win and, and defeat Hillary uh, Clinton. And then um, after the inauguration, I kind of figured out that the, the fight had just begun, uh, We needed to help our president and our party, and uh, so we we set up uh, an outside group called America First, and we um, helped the president uh, get nominees uh, confirmed through Senate, uh, backed a few races, and then he and uh, the president and and Rana asked me to uh, run for co-chair of the RNC, which is what I've been doing now for about four and a half months, and so it's... You know, it's it's an important time in history. I think you're seeing a a president with bold leadership, uh, and he makes you proud every single day. He's got an incredible amount of energy. Bringing more and more people into our party every single day from all walks of life, all over the country. It's just amazing. There's so much energy out there. I've never seen anything like. So very true. So Tommy, tell
0: me, what does it mean to be the chairman of the RNC? Like, what are what is your job? What does it entail? A lot of folks out there are like curious what exactly it is that you do. Cause they know that obviously you used to be at Hicks Holdings and you obviously divested yourself in order to be in this position. So you're coming from the business world. What exactly is your position and what do you bring from, the, from that world into this role?
1: Well, to be clear, Rana is the uh, the chairwoman and I'm, I'm the co-chair. And right, so the co-chair, office, right, of course. The, the office of the co-chair. Right now our priority uh, is to help, uh, the party and Trump victory raise as much money as possible, and we just had a—you probably saw a report—we had a record quarter raising over 105 million dollars, uh, which again just shows you the energy out there. It's—it's it's something we've—I've never seen before, and a lot more than what you know the candidates and the people on the other—the uh, other side have.
2: Yeah, I mean, this, is, uh, this, this energy is actually really infectious. I don't know, I, 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 of course you're aware, but I think two, two days ago at the, the new, York, new York State where a lot of our listeners and, and a big chunk of, of the Jewish community lives just got its uh, new GOP chairman uh, for the first time in many, many years. He's a really he's a young guy. He's really, really energetic. I mean, how excited are you about these young, energetic people these leaders that may, have, may not even been in politics for that long, but they're now taking leadership of, like, entire states almost. This is, this is a, New York State's a pretty big state, and for a young guy to take over the leadership of New York has got to be really exciting.
1: Well, his name's you know, I said,
2: Nick Wagworthy. I don't know if you're...
1: Yeah, yeah I, and I said this the other day. When I was in Albany yesterday, and uh, first of all, salute to Ed Cox for his leadership for 10 years. He, he did yep, do absolutely. a good job. Absolutely. But Nick comes in there with, uh, you know, an incredible amount of energy. There is a lot of energy in the room. There are a lot of younger faces. Um, you've got a couple of, uh, you know, elected officials in New York who are younger. And, you know, it's, I think it's important and healthy, um, especially now with a president who's a change agent. He's going to open up new doors to our party for a long time to come.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, talking about that, what, what, what do you see the RNC uh, in the future, you know, going in now, going into the 2020 election, to target and engage the, the minority groups, but specifically, obviously, you know, Jew, the Jewish community, and, and even more targeting the Orthodox Jewish community. I, I know you know that you know, the Orthodox Jewish community is an extremely conservative um, group, and, um, we, we, you know, we've been having, you know, some of our community leaders have been have been saying, you know, oh, yeah, it's important to register as Democrats for whatever host of reasons. What, what do you what, – what's your answer? What, why, why should Jews and, and specifically Orthodox Jews that, that align on, on taxes and, and, and domestic policy and, and, and international policy, especially when it comes to Israel, where we – organically aligned with the Republican Party, what do, you, what do you have to say to the Jewish community, and, and what exactly is the RNC going to be doing to engage?
1: Well, first of all, uh, one of the great things about my job is that I get to meet new people, um, including people... You know, I'm from Dallas, Texas. We don't have the largest Orthodox uh, Jewish community uh, in, the, in the world, but, you know, I've, it's been my pleasure to, to get to meet you and several others um, in the community. And I think uh, what a group of patriots... Uh, we have, um, and Israel is so important to, to the, the United States and for democracy in general. It's in a tough region. We've got to support Israel. And if you look at what the Democrat Party has done, it's almost become anti-Semitic. Uh, many, some of the stuff they've, they've, they, that members of that party have said is, is just vile. And um, you just think about AOC and, and, I'm on. Uh, it's just insane. Uh, so I think that. The common sense would would probably lend you to think that like 99% of the Orthodox Jewish community should be voting for for this president in 2020, and you know it's going to take you guys going out there and talking to people at the dinner table at the uh, uh, Ronald Reagan dinner request. table, right? Ronald Reagan. Ra- yeah, Ronald Reagan.
2: Th- Got to speak people. Absolutely. At the
1: table. And if it's you want to talk
2: about it, nail them for it. That's what he said.
1: And and just think about J- Jerusalem and is that every single president in my lifetime has promised that and this president delivered on that promise. I
2: mean, well, how that many, I think can sum countries? up like
0: what Trump is really all about. Just promises made and just promises kept, you know, absolutely. And you're very lucky, Tommy, to be in this position right now. And, um, we really appreciate you coming on the call today and we hope that we'll be able to have you again to keep us updated and to tell us how, you're engaging our community and other communities and what, you, what you're doing over there. We're wishing you really all the best of luck, and we're going to be rooting for you in this position and in the future as well.
1: Uh, thank you well, so thank much for
0: coming on. You,
1: thanks for your friendship. You know, we're going to work really hard, but we're going to have fun doing it, and it's going to be a great celebration for our country uh, when we win in 2020. Thank, thank you again, so much, Ronald Reagan
2: always said, be a happy warrior. That, that's that's what, he, you know, that's what conservatives are. We're happy warriors. Absolutely, guys.
1: Thank you.
0: Thank you, Tommy. Have a great, have a great one. Okay, Nachman, yeah, next.
2: That, that, was, that, that, was, that was really great. I mean, talking about Israel, you know, he spoke about Jerusalem. I don't know if you just saw, but they rented out, the, the, Ameri- the American embassy rented out one of the largest centers in Jerusalem. They are throwing one of the biggest July 4th parties. Are they doing that in any other country? I highly, highly doubt it. And, and, and I'm not asking for Americans. Israelis are coming to celebrate our July 4th. This is this is insane.
0: People don't is, realize, though, Nachman, though, that there are actually a lot of Americans in Israel who are registered to vote, and they can actually, in some cases, flip elections. Unlike
2: unlike Israelis who can't vote here.
0: Right. There are over 300, if I remember correctly, over 300,000 American-Israeli. Yeah, our
2: great friend Mark Zell runs, runs. Um, I think it's uh, a Amer- um, uh, Republicans Overseas or International Republicans. Or something, something like that. that,
0: and they're like trying to like put together an event actually in September when the president's gonna. They were, there's rumors the president is going to be in Israel during the September time,
1: oh, wow, probably to give
0: Bibi a boost to get him over the finish line a big way, only the way okay. Trump can. I'm telling you, if Trump ran in the Israeli election, he would—he's the only candidate who could beat Bibi.
2: For sure, he—he he, absolutely, he would beat Bibi. So um, um, they're talking uh,
0: about making an event for with for the Israel, American Republicans that in would, Israel to see what be, happens.
2: Be, yeah, I mean, it's 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 this is an interesting time to be alive. You know, I, I was a little little kid when when I, mean, I wasn't—I I, was—I was just born when Ronald Reagan won. Um, but I, you know, I remember in, in, in second grade when they erased, you know, in my in this yeshiva that I went to, they had the president's name and the vice president's name on the board. And one morning the teacher comes in, and erases Ronald Reagan. And and, and from, you know, my entire life Ronald Reagan was president, and now Ronald Reagan wasn't president. We were all very confused why he wasn't president anymore, you know. Um, and that was our our beginnings of this great country, you know, with July fourth coming. I know you know, the left wing hates this country because it was started by slave owners and, and, and evil, evil old white dudes. They always get that wrong. Most of these guys were in their like 20s and 30s. Um, people didn't live very long back then. Um, so they weren't old white dudes. They were just evil white dudes. Um, um, so you know, now, now you have Nike who, who, who I guess doesn't like the old white women. That started help start this country because they got rid of Betsy. They, they were upset about Betsy Ross's flag. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, Kaepernick strikes again, and he got um, he got Nike to drop the sneaker. And if I was these store owners that already have these sneakers, I would sell them anyways and tell Nike to go to to, to 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 sue them in court because they already have the sneakers. The sneakers are already in the stores because they were supposed to be sold on Thursday. So if I was a store owner and I had them, I would sell them. Um. And so they – I don't know if you saw that. They got them to stop these – because Betsy Ross was a slave owner, supposedly, I guess. Um, So it was going to have – I don't know if you saw it. It was like a red, white, and blue in the back of the sneaker, like where a lot of times the the sports people will have their their number. If it's their sneaker, there will be their number on the back. It was the Betsy Ross flag with the 13 colonies in the circle. So they're discontinuing that sneaker. Um, Anyone that can get their hands on it, I'm sure it will be worth a fortune. Um, But, you know – you know, we we conservatives. You know, I suggest anyone that 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 loves this country, that's listening. If you don't have an American flag already flying in front of your house, please go out. They sell them everywhere. Sell, go go to Home Depot, Lowe's, Amazon, Com. All about You know, many yeshivas fly the the the. I mean, even in Eretz Yisrael on Yoma Yom You know, many yeshivas fly the Israeli flag as as Hakkarisatov. Ivanovich does. Panovich does, and they do. And I don't know if you saw the video that's going around of, the, of, of Yeshiva of Philly. They, you know, people are like, oh, look what they're doing. They've been doing this since day one. By their 12th grade graduation, the 12th graders stand up, they pledge allegiance, and then they sing the national anthem. You know, I think that's a great thing. I think all Yeshivas should start doing it. I think Yeshiva should start pledging allegiance in the morning. They should stay. Every kid should know the national anthem. I, try, I teach to my kids. Uh, but I think if you don't have an American flag, go out. Because our community it's very noticeable. You know, especially, in, you know, you go in Brooklyn, you go into the Italian-Irish neighborhoods, just, just as pro, you know, the Jewish communities are just as pro-American as they are. But the American flags are everywhere. In, in my opinion, when people drive through an American Jewish community, they should know they're driving through an American Jewish community for two reasons. You got mezuzahs on the doors, and you got American flags flying from the, the house. Please, everybody, go out. They cost about 15 bucks. Go out and buy one. They're easy to put up. You know, it's four screws, some zip ties. You can you can attach it to to a, to, to any pole on your on your it goes property. Goes a long
0: way. It goes a long it, way. It
2: shows hakaris hatov to our country. This country has been the first country that that opened their doors, allows us an opportunity to practice our religion. You know, and 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 it even allows people like AOC to say stupid things, and and she has the opportunity to say such stupid things. And for Rashida Taleb to come here, you know, even though the country that she came from is, you know, throws LGBTQ people off roofs of buildings, she gets to come here and make believe like her community supports these people, which is ironic, and allows people like Ilan Omar to come here and marry two different people at the same time so she can take off money on her taxes. It's a wonderful country, Um, you know, and then run for office and and, and go to the the, the pinnacle of, of, of our office, the Congress. You know it's 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 an amazing country, this country that we live in
0: now, let me tell you something notman speaking about how amazing our country is and how pretty much the left has literally forgotten about what America is and that greatness and I think one of the biggest examples of that is the new the new freshman congresswoman um Elon Omar, Rashida Tlaib, and AOC—those these people
2: the three are
0: propagating values that are so counter in, like counterintuitive, and so I guess you could say, like, so parenthetically different.
2: Anti-American. They're anti-American. Than what, what America stands pr- for. This is one the of the biggest group.
0: examples of that, by the way. That I say is the recent comments continuous comments by AOC that she keeps on comparing what's going on at the southern border to the Holocaust.
2: But that's again an Alinsky tactic. She, but she's not apologizing and she's not doubling down. She's norm, She's making this normative in public speech. She has now taken the term concentration camp and turned it into an absolutely okay thing to use because as long as she continues to use it, if I got what rule it is, to continuously use speech, to normatize it, it's one of the rules. I don't remember which rule it is. It falls underneath one of his rules, to normatize speech that was usually not normatized. And this is what they do. They are trained this way. She goes for training on this. There's a reason why the three of them are always together. And the reason why that we're, we're – every time you know the Democrats try to make believe – like they're 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 sidelining them. They show up with huge groups of people. It's always the same people. But they, they, they get this caucus that caucus because Soros gives them money and tells them to show up. The, the right doesn't do this. We don't we don't you know I, I forgot which conservative it was. Some great, One of the great conservative thinkers in, in, in the 80s says you know the, the progressives and the liberals. They're very good. Getting them all into a room is very easy because they all that's all they do. They, they, they walk lock stop, and there, bar- lock stock and barrel. They, they They walk, they walk in unison. Conservatives, getting concerned it's, it's like it's like herding a room full of stray cats. because we don't we, we believe in self foot. We don't We inherently don't believe in in parroting what people say, which is why you get conservatives all over the map on Trump. You got you got guys like like French who are anti-Trump. You got Kellyanne Conway's husband who believes that Trump belongs in a mental institution. Seriously, he said this. Um, and, and Trump hasn't fired Colleen, Colleen, uh, 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 hasn't fired her because we understand that people have the right to their own thoughts. And then you have people like you know, Ben Shapiro that are in that middle road calling balls and strikes. You have people at National Review that were started out anti-Trump you know, and, and, and have moved over. I mean it, it, it's a very interesting you – know, Breitbart, which is, has always been pro-Trump – we're all conservatives. We all just have Nachman, different.
0: have you ever seen this article that I I saw? It It was originally in um, in WND, right?
2: World Net Daily, yeah, sure.
0: Yeah. So basically, they're talking about how um, in 2017 there was this progressive group, right, that was formed in response to Trump's election, called Justice Democrats. Justice Democrats, sure. So they were holding these auditions, right, for potential congressional candidates to run on their like on their platform, which was very liberal, progressive, right? So there was this guy, um, I think his name is Christopher Patrick Coles, who like did a series of videos where he basically shows how they got over 10,000 nominations. And out of those 10,000 nominations, one of them actually is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She well, was well, nominated by her, ran, by her brother.
2: Right, but they ran about two dozen, a dozen or two dozen of these. In they, what they did was, is they went and they found, from, from what the article makes it sound, was that they realized that a lot of these Democrats are very powerful, but a lot of them have been there for 20, 30 years. I mean, I, I, what was it between between um, um, between Nancy Pelosi and Nancy Pelosi and and Chuck Schumer. They have about 80-something years of political ex- experience. They're blaming all the ills of the country on Donald Trump who's been there for two and a half years. This is the idiocy of, of this party. So, so they went and they, went and they th- figured out that they think that they could pick off maybe one or two, but if they attack 15 or 20 of these Democrats that have gotten long in the tooth, that may have millions of dollars in their war chest but would never take some young upstart seriously – that maybe if they run fifteen of them, one of them can win. Well guess what? AOC was one of them.
0: Yeah, it's pretty crazy and like that basically means that from what I understand they're planning on putting several other candidates out in these um, out in these areas. In fact I heard from um, a lobbyist who works for um, for Congressman Nadler that they are putting up a, a radical to primary him. I've already him.
2: been in touch. I've been in touch with people. Um, it's funny because they, they don't have anyone. It's interesting. The progressives in Brooklyn have no one in the Jewish community. have no one to talk to. You want to hear the, 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 the absolute chutzpah of these people. They have no one to talk to on their side. Why? Because they're young upstarts. Young upstarts are, are basically knocked out in the Democrat Party. So they called me. I actually spent an hour on the phone explaining how, because I have no problem with, with 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 progressives, you know, showing their stripes. I think it's a good thing. I think it's healthy. Nadler should get democratic
0: process. Let's democratic process. Let, let, I let the ideas win, not the let people. Let the ideas
2: win. I don't care. Let them. Let them. Let the Democrats show their stripes. I agree a hundred percent. Nadler should be challenged from the left with an AOC-style campaign, and he'll probably lose. And this, is,
0: this, this like, by the way segues really well into the final topic of today that we wanted to discuss which was about Jewish engagement we talked a little bit about it with Tommy There are no, people well, we'll, in talk
2: the more, we'll talk more as the campaign of course
0: you know, there goes are people there. in the Jewish community who have been pushing for already a long term time that Jews need to register as Democrats because that if they don't then they don't have an effect on the outcome of the Democratic Party Right. So, so, let's hear what you have to say about that, because I know this is something that you actually understand a lot about, and and then I'll add my few my few uh, thoughts as well.
2: Yeah. So, I've been involved in in community politics in in the New York City area for for well over a decade and a half to two decades, Um, and like most people, I started actually in the Democratic Party, um, working on a city council campaign. And it did not take me long to realize the ills of, of that side of the aisle, um, and um, and I left. And you start hearing, you know, when you leave, you start hearing. Well, you're not going to have you know, because many Jewish communities are 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 gerrymandered into other communities, uh, many minority communities where the Democrat Party has a lot of control. So a lot, the argument always is. If we don't have a say in the primary where we can try to get a more normative Democrat to run, then what happens is, is that we have no say in who our community uh, um, represents. Now, number one, my answer to that is it's nonsense. Number why? Because the progressives do whatever the heck they want anyways in the city council. We have not been able to stop any piece of legislation in over a decade. We may be able to water it down. David Greenfield was able to water some stuff down. Calvin Yeager's able to water stuff down. But to think that Eric Ulrich gets any less for his community than Colin Yeager does or David Greenfield does, is is complete idiocy. So they're able to get – Republicans in New York City are able to get what they need for their communities because of the way the structure of the New York City Council works. Why? Because not – the entire New York City Council is not far left progressive, so when they need some of these more normative bills to pass, they have to go to the Republicans to get them. So guys like Joe Borelli, who's running for, for – for against, against Jermani Williams for, for public advocate, is able to get for his community in Staten Island. Eric Earle can get for his community in Queens. Just like Kalman Yeager is able to get for, for – and you want to talk about mayor. We haven't had a say in who the mayor is f- in theory since Giuliani because the, only the Republicans picked Giuliani. They only picked Bloomberg, and the Jewish community had absolutely no input in, in picking, in picking and, and had no input in who the, Rep- the Democrat nominee for the, for the mayor was because we don't have a say. So this idea – and to think that, that, that Simcha Felder can't win on a Republican line. Is completely moronic, and now they're saying that he's being allowed into the Democrat. We'll see how much the Democrats actually give him in in the Senate. And and to say that we have no say in the Assembly, we have absolutely no representation in the Assembly. So so this idea that that you know the the you know and and with redistricting coming because people are fleeing this country we can actually end up with a congressional district with our own assembly districts and with our own senate districts and if this happens there's absolutely no reason why we can't elect republicans this idea well well there's no there's no primaries in the republican party there's no primaries because it's very hard for republicans to run and why is it hard for republicans to run this comes down to this comes down to the the dirty little secret of politics You need to have money to run, and unfortunately, the Orthodox Jewish community does not donate to politics. It doesn't donate to politics. That has to change. You can get a lot done when you when you donate to politics.
0: Yeah, this is like the thing that a lot of people. Something your family knows a lot about.
2: Chesky. your family, your family has done more for Klal Yisrael behind closed doors with their with their with their um, political donations and of course it's nothing that your family gives then then a lot of people that that give um, that just give they don't realize the doors that get opened by political donations we used to do this in Europe they still do it in Europe they do it in Israel but for some reason in this country we think well if I only have ten thousand dollars to give I'd rather give you know it to yeshiva you know what give eight thousand dollars to yeshiva and give two thousand dollars to a donation to the to, to national party and you'll see how that transforms the agenda of that party and, and, and what people don't understand is, is this is, this is, this is the, 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 the piece that I want to get to. When you need to go outside of the community to raise funds, which is how Republicans raise funds, we go out of New York to raise funds. When these people look at the community and go, why should I donate to a community that's 6 to 1, 5 to 1, 4 to 1? The truth is in our community it's almost 2 or 3 to 1, so it's actually not that bad. You know, you look at AOC. AOC raised no money in her, in, 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 her, in her district. She raised no money in her district. Very little. She raised money outside her district. Republicans will need to do the exact same thing. But they can't because the registration is lopsided. And when you go, well, look in the, in the general, he'll go, yeah, but it doesn't – I want to see Republicans in the district before I actually start to give money there. And that is why it is so important for Jews to start registering Republican. And there's another reason hatov. When Republicans see the Jews are registered, especially Orthodox Jews, which is where the pro-Israel and the pro-right you know, right to life and the pro-support for, for strong borders and the pro-low taxes and the pro all the things the Republicans line up with, if you're a Republican sitting in Tennessee and, and, and you see that the Democrats have complete control of the, of, the, of the Jewish communities that are supposedly pro-Israel, you go, huh? it it's it's it, in my opinion it's a whole hashem. this is a chil- listen
0: the bottom I mean, line the bottom line is is that if people are want that the Republican party should continue. be invest, investing in our community then they need to you then, need to then register, register as republicans why would republicans invest in our community when on paper we don't come up as people who support them if you have 20 30 150 150 300 even a thousand Republicans registered in Midwood doesn't help anybody because it looks like on paper like a non-existing district.
2: I mean and you're talking about these are not just Republicans that are wishy-washy. You know, let's go back, let's go back to the Republican you know Trump versus Cruz, which is what it was in New York, right? And Trump won overwhelmingly except in our community. Because our community was extremely conservative. now Trump has been I mean Trump's support in our community now is is at rates that may even be higher if Cruz had won, because I don't think Cruz would have been able to pull off all the stuff that Trump was because he's such a change you know, as Tommy said, he's a change agent. I'm not so sure, and I love Ted Cruz. but i, yeah, I, I, I,
0: I this is something that I was arguing with all of my friends at the time because as you know, I was a very big supporter of Trump at the time. Right. Um, I just
2: was one of these conservatives that just didn't want another. Yeah, listen, you're a principled
0: in. conservative. I'm a populist. It's okay. We'll right.
2: Live. And it's fine. It's fine. But I also didn't believe that he was a conservative because there was no proof. Now no, you guys proof,
0: weren't believers. It's okay to admit, Nachman.
2: We weren't because there was nothing to believe in. <laughs> you know, we were told that Romney was a big conservative. We just have to wait for him to get it to the White House. And that McCain was going to be this big conservative. And that Bush was this big conservative. They That's weren't.
0: That's true. So By the after, way,. Those two men are, were disappointments to me. And, and, and McCain was the first person I voted for as an eligible um, teenager, Voter. 18 year old, eligible for voting. He was the first one that I voted for. And I want you to know it was such a disaster. John McCain and then afterwards Romney. Uh, we, we should needed stop calling Trump. it Obamacare. We should, stop calling like it McCain-
2: we should stop calling it Obamacare. In my opinion, we should call it McCain care.
0: Yes, we should call it, we should call it McCain character.: he was the one who he walked, it.
2: he walked up and stuck his thumb down and walked off. With, uh, that was McCain-care. just
0: to stick it to Trump. That was his whole agenda. And,
2: it, and his daughter's continuing to do it on the on, on her on her television show. Um, um, it's you know, Meghan McCain. Uh, she never met a conservative that she hated. Um, um, you know, and and, 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 and and you know, you know, and Romney now in the Senate, he hasn't been causing that much trouble. But you know, I, I, who knows what he's going to do. Um, um, you know, the Bush family has sort of piped down a little bit. Um, but, you know... They
0: keep to themselves, really, the truth is.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you know, Reagan sort of gave, gave the White House back over to the Bushies when he left, which may have been a mistake. But it's, the conservative movement has now, you know, once again taken control of the Republican Party... And I think this time it may be for good, and I really am hoping with a lot of young – is the one thing that Reagan did not have, that Trump does have, is a, a slew of young principled conservatives along with older principled conservatives. So you have guys like Louis Gohmert there, but now you also have guys like Cranshaw there. So you have some of these older and younger conservatives that are there that can hold that – you know, hopefully when Trump leaves in, in, in five and a half, six years from now, there'll still be a core group of conservatives in Congress that, that Reagan did not have that will keep the Republican honest. And you have people that took over the Republican Party now at the, at the national level like Tommy that are conservatives um, 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 and Rhonda that are conservatives. And now you have um, – um, what's her name coming in from Connecticut? Uh, from the WWE, uh, her, her, her his wife. Um,
0: oh, you're uh, talking about Laura McMahon. La- Laura, Laura McMahon. Be, she left the the SBA and went to the, the campaign. campaign. Right. Also, Marcy. So you, you just saw Marcy. Also, right, and
2: Marcy Schlapp. I mean, you can't get. They're the first family of conservatives in The Schlapps. So so you know uh Mercedes Schlapp is now um leaving the White House and moving over to the campaign but I'm sure mm-hmm. you know once Trump wins re-election these people will go back into the political side and the policy side um and 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 these are really great great young leaders I mean Mercedes is not old she has real young kids um uh Mercedes and Matt they 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 um they were cut they came in during you know Bush's um era so they're you know and, um, special you know,
0: people, he, by the way.
2: Very, very special people. Big. big We're going to get Matt on one
0: community. of these days on the show. With,
2: yes, absolutely. Let's talk right.
0: about his vision with his um, with the entire with with the Jewish community with CPAC and, with CPAC and all CPAC, that stuff. There's a lot no, of very it, interesting things happening, by the way.
2: Uh, this is this is going to be, you know, there. This is the conservative movement and the Republican Party has been embracing the Jewish community for for a good long time.
0: For Why is that, Nachman? Tell our audience.
2: Because they see us as the natural growth of their party. To be honest, I mean, listen, we, we Americans, for the most part, now um, are going two to one. So if every two people, they're having one kid. It's not, it's not good. They need to start having more kids. Americans need to start having more kids. Um, but the Jewish community, um, we tend to have more kids—four, five, six, seven, eight. You know, you know, like the Mormons. So, so the same – they see us as a natural growth for their party. We align, but we need to start registering in the Republican Party, and you're starting to see it. One of the reasons why a lot of these old, older school community activists are freaking out and writing these op-eds how we need to be Democrats is because they're seeing them being Republicans. The young people are saying to heck with this party. This party believes in killing babies, and I'm not talking about in the womb. I'm talking about the baby is born. And it's in an incubator, and you starve it to death. That's evil. That is evil. And where they do it? They don't do it in the, in, in, in the white communities. They do this in the black communities. You know, they like to say that Jews are racist. I'm sorry, we're not. We don't believe in killing black babies. The most dangerous place for a black baby is in their mother's womb. Blacks would be a majority of this country today if not for Roe v. Wade. That is an absolute fact. Not a statistical fact. It's a fact. You are thinking about the black babies that were killed by Planned Parenthood. Yeah, but that was institutionalized to
0: racism to try to curb their growth.
2: Of course. Go read M- Margaret Sanger. She, she was a racist. She hated blacks, Hispanics, and Jews. She called them mongrels. She called blacks mongrels. That's a very racist term. She called us kikes. And she called black people, uh, uh, Spanish people um, 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 I forgot she called them. She called them a, a, a very nasty term that was used back then for, dark, for, for darker, for, for like Mexicans and stuff like that. Um, um, these, these were not good people. All wonderful Democrats who loved the KKK, by the way. Uh, Margaret Sanger spoke at KKK rallies, um, but you know you needed to be a registered Democrat in order to be a member of the KKK. Shh, don't tell anybody. Which is why the Black community has the Walkaway group now. Um, and I'm sure we'll have we'll try to have. Um, Charlie Kirk on in the future to talk about that movement, and I'm sure we'll have Candace Owens on. Um, um, these, these, are, these are communities that have been taken advantage of by the Democratic Party um, for, for whatever reasons, and it's time for us all to just walk away. Stop being part of this destruction of America. The Democrats want the utter destruction of America. It started with Obama, hope and change, You know, change we can all believe in. You don't want to change something if it's good. Why would I want to change? Maybe I want to. I want to improve. I might want to improve America. I I, I want to conserve what was good and improve on the, the the stuff that needs to change. But I definitely don't want to change America. We're great. This is the greatest country to live in.
0: But at the end of the day, Nachman, it will only really have true ramifications if our community starts changing their whole mindset about everything politics. and take a new approach to this.
2: Because yes. at the end of I the day, if they a,
0: don't, then things are right going to stay the same.
2: I mean, I think a lot of this has to do with the, we think of politics on a micro level, and we have to stop. We have to stop thinking of politics on a micro level. We're not shtetlieden anymore. We're not Jews. We're not little-town Jews in the middle of Poland somewhere. We, we, we make a difference. We are leaders... In America, in many, many different industries, you know, uh, it's it, 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 it's 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 a little dumbfounding that that we claim to be leaders of industries, but think on a micro level politically, like Brooklyn and Queens, and and maybe you know, uh, uh, um, um, Freehold, New Jersey, is the only place Jews live, and that's the only place that we should impact. It, it's completely idiotic. It makes no sense whatsoever politically. We need to start thinking macro. We need to start thinking about the country, the country as a whole. If the country goes down the tubes, we end up with another Jimmy Carter. You think it's going to be good for us? No. it stunk in the 70s to be Jewish. I mean, you, 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 you had you – had, look at LA. You want New York to turn into LA. You want parts of New Jersey to turn into LA where homelessness – I would say majority of the city now is probably homeless. Uh, you saw pictures? It's getting worse and worse there. Portland, Oregon? Uh, Portland, Oregon, it's a a homeless city. I would say their their homeless population is probably bigger than their home population at this point. Uh, it's, It's New York City. I was walking with my son on Avenue M in Brooklyn a few months ago, and my son turns to me. He's 12 and says, why is there a guy living on the street? I grew up in New York City with homelessness everywhere. He had grown up his entire life and never saw a homeless person because Giuliani and Bloomberg had cleaned up the city. It took three – it took about yeah, four – Yeah, but New quarters. York
0: now is a trash bin.
2: It's disgusting. I, I went on the train the other day, and you start seeing, seeing graffiti again on the trains. It's disgusting. Urine, defecation. It's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. It is amazing what progressives can do in so little time to undo what took conservatives and, and Republicans so much time to fix. Now listen, right. Giuliani fixed it in, in eight years. Bloomberg continued it. I have I have a lot of disagreements with the, both of them um, on on a lot of policy issues. I wouldn't say, say they were conservatives. You know, Giuliani ran on the liberal ticket, um, um, and and Bloomberg was a more conservative Democrat. I guess you could say who doesn't believe in free speech or the Second Amendment or most of the amendments probably. But he's definitely not a conservative. Um, um, Repub- being a New York Republican was was good, but in, in my opinion. You know, we real, and we're going to touch on this in the future. Jews really need to absolutely start registering Republican, register Conservative, register Independent, but don't register Democrat. It is, it's, it's, you know, a lot of, you know, it's, it's not good. And Chesky, what you, want to just finish up on, on your belief on that? Uh, Chesky's already uh, what's it called? It. All right. So guys, have a good night. And we'll see you next week. And happy July 4th. And please go out, buy flags, and put it up.
0: Appreciation and let's together as a community show what it means to be American and to appreciate this great country and what it's done for us. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter where you live. You can always show more appreciation.
2: Hakarasatov is one of the the bedrocks of, of Judaism. And we need to all be flying our flags loud and proud on July 4th. Have a good night, guys.
0: You've been listening to The Moss Show. Broadcasted from the Socialist Republic of New York. But please, don't tell our governor he asked us to leave.
3: They have no place in the state of New York. Tune
1: in again next week, Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Or go to J-Tribe Radio to listen to the podcast anytime on play iTunes and Stitcher.